So here's the thing, entrepreneurs, leaders, salespeople, we all want to create consistent, repeatable, and scalable ways to grow our business and our income. And we want to do it better, faster, and more seamlessly. Why? So we can actually enjoy our lives, take vacations, and spend the quality time we want with the people that we love. How do we do all this without spending a fortune or running ourselves ragged? That's the big question, and this show is dedicated to the answer. Hey, what's up, everybody? Tom Ferry in the house on the podcast. But guess what? This actually isn't my podcast. Well, I guess it kind of is my podcast because it's also Carrie's podcast and my podcast. Carrie, tell everybody, tell my listeners who you are and and what we're doing today, and then I'll do the reverse. Sounds great. So I, uh, I'm excited to talk to you, Tom, because we, we have so many lives that intersect. I'm serially entrepreneur. I'm an investor. I'm trying to build startup companies and a culture of entrepreneurship and innovation in SoCal. And we're both here. We have a lot of, of intersections in that world as well as in the real estate world. And you know, you, I love to bring really entrepreneurial, innovative, and creative people onto my show. That's who my listeners want to hear about. And yeah. so I wanted to talk to you. And I think you know, we, we need to talk about what's going on in the real estate and the innovation around real estate world as well. So I figure we have plenty to talk about today. Awesome, man. And for, and for all my listeners, you know, Carrie and I connected, you know, through this sort of small world of, you know, Orange County, you know, startups, you know, there's, there's not enough of it. Carrie's trying to personally solve that. And, you know, all my listeners know, like I'm an investor in a lot of different companies and I, I am always inspired by entrepreneurs that have the courage to fight through the resistance and say, you know what, metaphorically, screw the man, I'm going to go do my own thing. And, and I'm all about that because I've done the same and I've helped lots of people do it. So we don't really have an agenda, but I think we both kind of wrote down things that we should talk about. So, so, you know, give, give my listeners maybe a little context. How many, uh, how many companies have you started? And then how many companies have you now helped birth out of your, your incubator here in OC? So in my career, you know, the funny thing is, so I grew up in a family business yeah. that my dad sold a couple of years ago. It was 146 years old when he wow. sold it so he could retire. And the reason I bring that up is because I, I you know, he didn't start it, obviously. Uh, my grandfather did. He was great, really my, old. Exactly. <laughs> uh, it, I think it probably aged him as all being an entrepreneur does. But, uh, mm -hmm. but I, you know, I grew up in that. And, and so I've always had this very owner mentality. Yeah. And I separate that. I mean, I'm an entrepreneur through and through. I started my first business when I was in high school and yep. did that a number of times. But I, I ended up going down this path where more of the companies I've been involved with, I haven't started, but I've joined early on. Yes. And I've come in and I've said, look, I wasn't here when this was a blank sheet of paper, but there's a spark here. I want to be part of this. I'll, I'll join. I'll play whatever role you want. I'll write a check because I want to back you and my involvement here and yeah. and I'm going to be an owner one way or yeah. the other and yeah. so that's been more of my career I've actually I've started a couple of companies but I've done many more turns what I just described and at my core I love entrepreneurs like you were saying I'm yeah. so inspired but I also realize it's a team sport and ultimately you want to put the best team on the field you can and so one of the skills that I've developed in my career because I don't feel like I'm actually good at anything. And that's led me to have to go find people who are really good at things. I think, you know, my skill is that yeah. it's trying to convince them to join our team and really solve the problems of the day, whatever that may be. And so I'll often take on the, the thorniest, most unclear problem and say, you know, let me go figure it out. I'm kind of yeah. that problem solver, figure it out person. And then once it gets going, often is when I get a little bit bored and say, you know, I'll go find, bored. Yeah, yep. I'll find yeah. that manager. I'll get yeah. them in. They're going to be better at it than me anyway. And then I'll go work on the next problem. So that's been a lot of my last 20 plus years. And what that finally led me to was, hey, there, there are a lot of entrepreneurs out there that need a lot more help than just money, right? Yeah. Our, our, startup system in many cases is saying get your idea go get a pitch deck pretend like you have it all figured out right. and and ask for money and you know most of the conversations i have is i say look i know you don't have it figured out i'm fine with that you're probably a little bit more comfortable knowing that i'm fine with that but let's have a conversation about 
how we're going to go figure it out and that we can probably do better if we do it together. And so that's really the hallmark of this whole studio concept is, hey, let's give you more levers to pull to yeah. increase your, your chance of success. Because if I just give you money, then you have to go figure all this out on your own. And that's frankly, it's pretty low leverage where yeah. if you've got other people to support you emotionally, to support you with a lot of experience and to help you shortcut through things that you frankly don't need to have to go learn, okay. then you're going to focus in the area of genius that you have anyway. Hundred, I mean, come on, product, marketing, uh, you know, I, you could just stop at product for most, you know, entrepreneurs because they, they most fail there. Uh, then you've got sales, then you've got comp, then you got team building, then you got legal. I mean, it's when you, when you talk about building a business, um, I think a lot of people think it's super glamorous and a lot of Instagram, you know, people make it, they try and make it look glamorous. But I don't know about you, man. Like I, I got started, you know, straight out of high school, one, you know, one half semester at OCC, joined the family business and within five years, you know, struggled to sort of figure out who I was. But the next 10, I ended up starting like eight different businesses with my dad. And, and it was a, a blessing because it was a safe environment, if you would. We had some failures. We had some triggers. We had some deals that when I finally left gave me leverage to say, hey, you know, I'm going to leave with this. You can take that like a, a very you know positive divorce. But then since then, I think I'm I think I'm like 60, 60, 61 ish. I was looking at um, angel.co and I got to update it. Right. I am fascinated by basically finding people like you with passion, patience, product, people, and a profit mindset. And there's just not a lot of them that have that, like for me, like that's my thesis of what I look for. There's just not a lot of them. So you got experience, I got experience. This would be fun. Like, what do you think, what do you think makes a good founder? Yes, it's funny. I literally on LinkedIn yesterday, because I've been asked it like five times this week, what are the, yeah. what are the characteristics? And yeah. I love your, your five Ps there. That's amazing. I said, it's right now for me, it's three that are the primary ones we look at, which is committed. Yeah. They are like, yeah. they, yeah. they feel like my purpose right now is to go do this. I have to do it. So they're committed. Yeah. Yep. And then for us, given that we really want to help them in a very entrenched, meaningful way. I mean, we are rolling up our sleeves and saying, you are going to give us sweat equity in your business. Yep. We're, we're not looking to drain you cash. We're looking to make your cash go farther by putting more hands and feet and better people than you probably can afford or mm -hmm. know. And so I need you to be super coachable and super collaborative. Yeah. And so yeah. those are, those are really my starting three is you're all in on this. And then you're, you really realize that your best chance of winning is by growing as you go and by working with others. And so that, if you can get there, then I, you know, then, then we start to look at, okay, yeah. is this something we can get excited about number yeah. one? And then number yeah. two, do we feel like we can add a bunch of strategic value? And yeah. so we, we, if it's, you know, medical device. I have friends who are really, really well versed in that. Yep. It's not my area of expertise. It's not where my network is. So I'm probably going to pass or refer them to somebody else who can help them. But we're, we're pretty self-actualized. We feel like if we're going to, to coach and collaborate with founders, we need to really know where we're good and where we're not and be super vulnerable and open about that. Yeah. Sort of the, the lead by example. And that, that's what I learned growing up with my with my dad was that idea. He's never going to ask anybody to do something he wasn't willing to do. Right. Right. I just had a, a longtime buddy of mine, a local Orange County guy, David August, David Heil, uh, you know, built a monster, you know, mon our kids have played sports together. Yeah. Right. Just super great guy. And you know, he had the same thing that, you know, you and I, and he all shared in common. Like we had these fathers with this unbelievable work ethic, do the right thing, you know, pick up the piece of paper off the trash, you know, off the ground. Don't ask, any, don't ask anybody else to do it. Like that kind of, uh, that kind of mindset. I'm struggling to find that these days though, with, with some founders. Right. So let me ask you this. Someone's, someone's listening right now. And you know, I've, I think I've, I think I've had like a thousand pitches. You know what I mean? You know, the, the, the quick five minute pitch at a conference, Hey, I got this product. I got this idea. You got this crazy, you know, uh, reach in the marketplace. Can I tell you, blah, 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 right. To the full blown, 
you know, 15 page deck, 45 second video. Let me show you who my board is, blah, blah, blah. To now the new page that I'm just fascinated by was just the letter, right? Like that's like the new thing, right? Like it just, here's the letter, right? Let me tell you what my thesis is, right? With, with, with some numbers, but if they have swag, you're into it. But in a thousand, I've only invested in like 60, 61. So, so tell me like if someone's listening right now and they've got a great idea and they want to start their business, what are the mistakes to avoid in the early stage of a pitch? Sure. I mean, I think for me, a big part of it is what I just said earlier, which is pretending like yeah. you, you have it all figured out. And I, I'd much rather, I mean, we have, we have one right now that we're about to close or, or start, however you depend, yeah. depend yeah. on how yeah. you think about yeah. it. Yeah. So we're, our team's in there already working. We're, we're about to put funding in. And this guy is brilliant and really, really strong technically. And he is one of the most humble, coachable guys. And he'll admit, yeah. I've done a little bit of research about this, but I'm definitely not expert, but we probably need to, to yeah. find somebody who is. He, he's very open to where the current warts are. And when we first started talking to him, we pushed him in a few areas and he could have gone either way. He could have said, you know what, guys, I can figure this out. I don't need you. Yeah. He, he just takes it in and he is just, he, he is. And, and you, it makes me want to even spend that much more time. Of course. With him, right. And so it's, yeah. it's this whole thing of like, we can figure this out together because, yeah. and you're going to build a culture that is going to find a way. And so don't, let's not pretend I've been in so many of these businesses because most of my life has not been as here. I've done a fair bit of angel investing and it's worked okay. But the ones where I've been in there, I've been able to have a lot more positive traction, partly because it's like, hey, let's get a let's get a group of smart people. Let's create a culture of the ideas and the answers could come from anywhere. And yeah. we're going to have a better chance of figuring it out. Like, don't put all that pressure on one person to have to go do it all. It's actually, yeah. it's you're going to have a better, you get a diverse group around. And I think that's that's where I get run into the biggest problems is. Hey, I've been told by the world I got to fake it till I make it. So I'm just going to keep telling you I have it all figured out. Such and, BS. And it is. And I mean, I don't, I don't have it all figured out. I don't even pretend to. But I, I have some pretty strongly held values. And I think when you find people that are are at least self-aware and willing to, uh, again, be coached, be collaborative, you got a shot because yeah. it is your point. It's not glamorous. Yep. It's really hard. And my view is let's just try to make it a little bit less hard. I got, so there's a lot of insight here for, you know, for my listeners, um, you might be saying like, well, how does that really, you know, I'm, I'm in mortgage or real estate or I'm running a team or I got a brokerage or maybe I'm a startup, right? Who knows? Maybe you're insurance. I don't know. Um, the thing you got to get is, you know, when you come into a pitch and you like the assumption is like, oh man, I got to be bulletproof. I got to be perfect. Well, let me give you a heads up. This is my impression of that person. Uh, if you're that good, why are you standing in front of me? Why aren't you, why aren't you up in Silicon Valley getting five, eight, 10, 15, 20 million bucks from Rivet or somebody else? You know, General Atlantic should want you, right? Yeah. Like be a little more humble, right? Different from going on a listing presentation for my client, you know, my friends in the real estate business, right? You need to be the authority, you know what you're doing. But when you're like trying to raise capital, I think there is something to the story with some swagger, but also that humility of, hey, look, I'm looking for people that can help me build this thing, that want to be a part of this journey. I believe, here's the North Star. You know, Carrie, do you believe that North Star? Like, let's go after this together. And along the way, we're going to need all these amazing, talented people to get there, right? It's, but you're super early stage. I get a lot of people that are like, you know, uh, the bridge loan to the Series A. And, you know, for everybody else out there, if you, you know, if you get that world, like, so maybe they're, maybe they're at revenue, you know, maybe they're 15 or 20 people, you know, they're, maybe they're burning through, you know, 50 grand a month in reserves that are just burning, burning, burning. Cause they're still trying to figure out usually sales and marketing, right? Product market fit. Like, how is this working out? Um, right, right. So, so we talked about sort of, uh, personality types, by the way, uh, do you know the company crystal knows? Yeah. So I'm, so I'm an investor in that with Drew. Love that company. I followed the round, uh, or I think I was the bridge. Drew, if you're listening, you'll have to remind me of this. I think I was the bridge right before Salesforce and Microsoft, uh, led, led the next round. And I was like, yeah, like, right. Drew has passion. 
I want to help people understand people. I want to have people be more connected and more, you know, in sync. He's patient. He is patient. He's just, hey man, we're just plodding along, doing the right thing, right? The product just keeps evolving and getting better. He's obviously people first. He's not at profitability yet, right? But he's going to get there. And when he gets there, it'll probably be an acquisition first, right? But when he gets there, game over. Yeah, right? or I mean, at least he's, you know, as I think about the profitability one, uh, most businesses have to get there, right? But yeah, yeah. there is this, you know, people are astounded when you see businesses that, are, that aren't profitable, but if they are right. growing enterprise value you in the marketplace, yeah, right. exactly, then yeah. that still is a, at the end of the day, that's a profit to yep. um, the key constituents, which at that point are the team and the investors. Yeah, it's funny. I was thinking about. I, I was being mindful. I'm, I'm not going to name all the names, but one of the, one of the uh, female founders that I I work with, and I think you and I have a similar approach. Like I I have investing companies that I'm just stoked to be in the deal. You know what I mean? Somebody, hey man, do you want to get in Scott Painter's new company? Yes, I do. Right? Like, hey, do you want to get into Slack? Yes, I do. Right? Like, and you get into those deals. You have no influence. You're just stoked that you're in it. Then I've got a group that like is through like people like Kelly Perdue, who I think, you know, right. So he and Craig who are awesome moonshot capital, right. You know that you just, you get into a bunch of deals with them. And then I have that other group and they're split between, I like the deal, but I'm, I don't like it enough to put a lot of money into it, but like this, it's kind of like this one's going to fail, but you're a winner. So I want to be a part of your next deal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sort of that mindset. And then the smaller group is, I really want to be a part of this. Right. And maybe it's just because, you know, your business is be a part of it. I got all this other stuff I'm doing. I can only allocate so much time. But when I get into that spot, I'm thinking of this one, this one woman where I'm like, look, you have an amazing product and you're trying to figure out revenue. I think the, it's, it's actually not about revenue. It is only about market share and getting people to use your service because we're going to figure out revenue later. But if we're spending all of our time trying to collect a few shekels, right, to appease maybe the next round, I think we're going to miss the opportunity. And we killed it on that right? Forget the revenue. Let's just get the, let's get the product out. And, and now all of a sudden that thing's blowing up like crazy. And that's great advice, right? I mean, because I think you, what we, so there's a pattern that's yeah. been very in Silicon Valley. There's a, there's a type, yep. right? There's a pattern pretty well established. Now the problem is that has been a self-fulfilling thing, right? They yes. just keep, keep backing that same pattern. And I think a big part of what we need to do, particularly in Southern California is blow that up and say, yeah. look, like there are plenty of people who can be great entrepreneurs that can be great founders, great leaders. And in fact, the more diversity, the better. And we need to give them the confidence and the support to do yeah. that. And yeah. so I look at, you know, just the first set of companies, we have a couple that I would say are sort of that classic pattern and we have yeah. several who are not. And that gives me great excitement because we get to say, no, you, you don't have to think small, right? You, you don't have to worry about, for example, that couple shekels right now, yep. let's go build a great product that makes people super excited and yep. really engaged and, and happy that this problem is being solved and we'll figure it out. We will figure it out and we'll figure it out together. And I think when people don't come from that world, that often is maybe the biggest impediment is they go, yeah. okay, like, who is going to have my back? Who is going to support me through this? And yeah. a big part of why we're doing what we're doing is we're just trying to create incremental supply because this idea, especially at the early stages, that people can just pick and anoint who should win, I think it's just broken. And we have to actually help identify those people that have that grit, have that commitment and, and wanna go do it. And then in some cases, help them through the gauntlet which often means the idea that they started with is not likely where they're going to end up. And yeah. no, that's okay. But if we can get there in the second or third pivot and not the eighth, yeah. then we've saved yeah. a lot of time, a lot of strife, probably yeah. a lot of money. We've probably saved a lot of companies from dying. Yep. And my whole thing is I think we can just greatly increase the odds of success. And yeah. you know what, if you create, more successes, even if they're not all billion dollar companies, but they're at least winning, you're going to produce a lot more confidence and a lot more people that are willing to do it again. Because sometimes so, that first or second one yeah. fails and right. people just get bloody and they go, yeah. I just don't have it in me again. I mean, I, I have the affliction. There's nothing else you I can do. Yeah. 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 
but but I think we we need to find more that we we can welcome and say, hey, you know, you did okay on that one. Like this, let's do it again, and this time, you you can go for for even bigger, or if that may be. So, does does any of this does any of this in your mind relate to this this? I mean, it, it's I would say it's it's more of a cultural phenomenon today. Maybe now it's probably a need, or maybe it's an itch that more and more people want to scratch, but it's something that I was doing when I was in junior high and high school, which side hustle businesses, right? Whether it was like, you know, mowing lawns or, you know, I almost, I almost said selling weed just to be funny, but you know, no, don't worry, mom. Right. But you know what I mean? Like, so today I, I, Tristan and Brenda, right. Who, you know, work with me, right. Are extraordinary teammates, you know, know, creative collaborators, Brenda runs podcasts, but then Brenda has her own podcast. Right. And she's building her own reach and then she's going to start selling swag. And I'm just, you know what I mean? Like she's going to continue to do that. Tristan lives in a house today that he bought with his beautiful wife in Orange County while working with me and, you know, traveling all over the place, gets passionate about a thing called Super 73, starts creating videos. Do you know this company, by the way, in Orange County? Tristan, we got to hook up Carrie with the guys from Super 73. I got to get them on my podcast. We're not going to do that. But Super 73 is this just very hip um, electric bike. Right. And they're like, they're eight models in, they're blowing up. They went primarily through, right, right. But killing it through influencer marketing, YouTube people specifically. Tristan's like, hey, man, I can get a promo code and I can like sell bikes and make some money. And he starts shooting video on something he's passionate about. Next, you know, he has enough money to go buy a house. Like, that was a good side hustle. Is this relatable? This sort of founder craziness, find the right products, surround yourself with the right people, you know, for the, for the, even for a real estate agent, is it relatable? For sure. It's, that's all related. I mean, it, remember Tom, like most of the businesses out there, like the business I grew up in was a stable, steady retail business for a long, long, long time. Yeah. And most businesses should not ever take on the pressure uh, of what we're trying to do with OC4, right? We're you, trying to find yeah. those yeah. zero to 50, zero to hundred million dollar companies in a few short years. Yeah. And most don't have that as the core DNA. They don't have that as the, even the opportunity that they've identified and that's yeah. okay. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. I think this idea of multiple streams of income and hustles is more the reality today than ever before. Yeah. And that could be the way you start to scratch that itch. Yeah. And, and maybe then that leads to you finding something that has breakthrough big opportunity. And so I would say that for a lot of people, that's a great place to even start. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. this idea of, Hey, I'm, I'm going for it and I'm going to build some breakthrough technology. I mean, you know, you got a lot of medical device and biotech and other right. things here. I mean, you need scientists, you need IP, you need, really good. Uh, unless you're in that world, that's going to be hard. As far as yeah. building technology-based products and having good data, sometimes that's a little bit more approachable. You yeah. certainly, I'm not a technologist. I've been around software for 25 years, so I'm, I know enough to be dangerous. Yeah. I've been around data for 25 years, so I know enough to be dangerous. And often what we find, again, why we want that coachable collaborative founder is we're going to bring some insights to them that may yeah. say, Hmm, I thought I was going to build this, but if I do it this way and I create this as an API that I could offer to all these companies, that's not what I was envisioning, but that could be the billion dollar idea. Yeah. And maybe I start here and I start to work toward that. And so we're trying to find places where we can say yes and unlock an opportunity. So people in some cases shouldn't feel the pressure that they've already got that. Yeah. Because that's not often uh, an easy thing to get to in the first place. So I want to I want to just say this, and you know I'll, I'll probably you know upset a few people. I don't think those people are entrepreneurs, right? I think that they they have. I'm not dogging them, right? I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but like like this this aunt. You know, Gary Vee was a, you know, pal, like, man, entrepreneurs, man, it's like, it's the thing now. And I watch all these people and like, they're like fake and I'm, and I'm not dogging it. Like, I think it's it. If you have a side hustle, that's awesome. Right. Make, make your extra money. Like I'm looking at my two right here. Like I'm, when, when Tristan walked in and said, I have enough money to buy a house. I was like, I was lit up for him beyond, right. I mean, like how many meetings have we just like, oh man. And now I'm on him again, like sell more of those bikes. Right. But. 
I'm not dogging those people. I want to be clear on my point. If you're doing that, good on you. I love it. Congratulations. I just want you to get that's very different from saying I'm leaving my job and I'm putting my ass on the line and I'm either going to raise money, take my own cash, pull money out of equity and start cold. That is a scary endeavor. It is. And, and I mean, yeah, totally agree. And I mean, what I've seen, I mean, we aren't doing this yet in our studio, but there are other studios in, in the country that will help with that regard. And they'll say, yeah. hey, it's going to be really hard to convince your spouse that that's not terrifying Ooh. or even possible. Yeah. So we'll give you a place to come here. Right. We'll even pay you a little bit to help you get off the ground yeah. and something way less because you still got to have that hunger and that drive, yeah. but at least you're not going to zero for an indefinite period of time. Cause you look right. at, I mean, I am all in, I am coming solely out of pocket into this thing. It's only yeah. money's only flowing one way. And, right. and the way I get paid is in long-term equity. Yeah. That's, I mean, talk about scary, right? Like that's Come scary. On, that's seven. right. That's right. <laughs> right. And so we've got to, we have to add a lot of value and be really good at what we're doing, but we're saying yeah. we need more of this in the culture. We need more people yeah. to do it. And if we're showing people it's less hard, yeah. there's more support. We think we can get some of those people to come out yeah. and leave places like Zillow where, you know, our friend Spencer was and, yeah. and, you know, there are a ton of talent in a place like that here or yeah. Google or, or other yeah. places who have great capability and just need that spark okay. and that support system. So that's, but I'll, that's but the I'll, goal. Okay. I want to say two things. First, I don't want to like for all the people that are like, well, screw you, Ferry, right? Like, you know, I'm, I got a side hustle thing. I think, I think I'm a, that's like freelance work. I'm not dogging it, but like freelance is different from cutting off, like burning the boats and start, Brenda, don't, don't leave. I, I love you. Don't leave it. Like, but she's like, I'm not leaving. But like Brenda said, I'm leaving tomorrow and I'm going to go do my podcast. And I'm going to grow my thing. That's very different from freelance work. And I'm not making freelance bad. I think everybody should be, if you're living in Southern California, you with me, it's probably a good idea. You with me? Just because the cost of living, which by the way, total total side note, do you see the new tax laws proposed for Southern California, which is going to make a lot of founders leave? Yeah. Proposing 16, everyone listening, if you're from California, they're proposing 16.7% state income tax. 16.7. I think we're going to see a lot of people want to like found companies in Arizona, Utah, Nevada, Florida, Wyoming, Texas. Yeah, we'll put the uh, the senior team there. We'll have right. an office. Exactly. I mean, it's just, it, yeah. it is, yeah, people, the tax planning is one of those things that has yeah. always confounded me because people will do incredibly uh, heroic things to avoid it. Right, and, right. Uh, you know, it's, it's a cat and mouse game. So whatever they forecast yeah. will not be what they get because yeah. people... And, and we, you know, I was having a conversation about that this morning, how, how reliant California is on some of the uh, wrong revenue streams. Right. Dude, it's going to be 54. My, my CPA, who, by the way, big shout out, shot a video on this and sent it out, which I'm a big fan of, 54%. Like, that's scary for a founder. You with me? That's scary for when you're at the end of the day, when it's owner discretionary income or dividends or a small salary or no salary in the beginning. I don't know. I think it's, I think it's going to fundamentally shift some of the culture of California's startup business. I mean, we've been, we're, we're the land of sunshine and you know, like my, my grandparents moved here because they can make their dreams come true. And uh, look for the record, I love California. Just I'm, I'm struggling though with 54% of every profit dollar you make going to the, you know, going to the state and fed, fed, I don't care. Right. But you know, it's the state thing anyway, freelance, right? They should have those side hustles because of things like that. And it doesn't matter, New York, California, wherever you are. But the other thing I want to say to people is, um, I think that every person in the country who has this itch needs to spend some time on legal zoom. They need to dig in and start understanding like, like what does it mean from the back end, from the legal side? What are your thoughts on that? Cause I think, you know, product people go, Oh my God, I got this killer idea. And then I'm like, are you prepared to deal with the legal ramifications, the financial ramifications? Do you have a good attorney? And they're like, what? What are your thoughts on that? So I absolutely believe you need a great attorney. Yeah. Um, my concern is people spend far too much time 
worrying about those things at the wrong in the wrong order for sure and so you know in part what's, i think there's okay, two the there's order, two then? reasons two what's reasons the, so, what's so the order? i yeah i'm a big believer in you got to get really clear about customer problem need for sure right make sure you have uh, a clearly defined problem that you yeah. have that and i we always talk about is this a problem worth solving yeah. Right? You may think it is. Yeah. yeah. You may think it is, but it may not be that important to other people. And if it's not yeah. important to them, they're not going to pay you then, you know, you, so spending a ton of time on the customer problem need area and do you have a novel solution that people are willing to pay you for? And so focus on that area first yeah. before you start worrying about what I call company related things. And so yeah. I tend to think product first, then business, meaning yeah, somebody yeah, will yeah. actually yeah. pay you for this product. Now yeah. you have a business. Yeah. yeah, the company stuff can come later. I'm not saying ignore it all. For you sure, know, that's all I'm saying. But as far as do I have the perfect accountant? Do I have the perfect uh, attorney? So we we offer all those things, and we say, look, if you're spending time on it, you're not yeah. in your area of genius. Yeah. Yeah. This is a risk. So we will take it on because we don't want you focus on. So you need to have a way to check the boxes. Yeah. And if you do it really badly, it could kill you. But I, this is all in this area of what I call necessary, not strategic. Yeah. And a lot of early founders can't distinguish the importance of certain decisions over others. And so at times, because being in the ring, trying to get customers, trying to compete out there, like that's exhausting. But as a founder, you've got to stay in that ring. And so You've got to be in that area that you're you're best equipped to be in. That's why you're starting this. And so those things that take away from that time, we think are just putting your entire opportunity at risk. Hey, it's Tom Ferry. Question, what's your favorite social media platform? Are you big on Insta? Do you love to tweet? No matter where you answer, I'd love for you to connect with me there. All you gotta do is just type in at Tom Ferry and follow and let's you and I connect. I wanna be able to deliver the right content, the right ideas, the ways to help you grow your business, stay fired up, keep moving, be in action and run plays that work in the platform that matters most to you. So subscribe and I'll see you there soon. Do you, so it's interesting. I'm uh, um, getting into a deal right now with some with some people uh, as an investor. They are like they got the letter. They're going public. They have they have no company yet, and they're going public. What what like I mean th these are experienced. Like they they've all been through it. They like they know what they're doing. They're doing the opposite of what we both would think in the typical entrepreneur startup. Like love your product, love your client, figure it out. What's the problem? How do I solve it? Can I do it in a unique way? Can I market this? You know, is it a good enough degree of separation between myself and somebody else? Right? Like somebody likes a different flavor. Whatever it is, they're starting the exact. They're like we're gonna build the most insane team from legal finance eight like everything and there's no revenue and they haven't even raised capital like are they are they doing it wrong or are they doing it different with the thought of we're going to go much faster than everybody else yeah in their area i'm sure they have some ideas and oh yeah I mean, you know if you're it's not talking, like a, it's not like a spac deal which you it's know, you not just, a blank check so it's not yeah. a, a yeah. It's interesting so because you have those where yeah. it's you're really marketing the team and then yeah. you're saying we got the team together. Once we get the capital, then we'll go find the business that yeah. can be the kernel that we can sort of build on top of or build around that, you know, the, uh, I think the market tends to overvalue experienced teams yeah. Yeah. because it's the, Hey, they've done it once yeah. they can do it again. Partly because I look at it and I say, look, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you know, you, you and your team had an enterprise software company, you ran the playbook, it worked, you could go rinse, repeat, do it again. Yeah. Now, the world is changing so fast. True. And the distribution channels, the marketing channels, these things are, are changing all the time. I mean, think about the, the evolution of influencer marketing and what that has done that did not even exist. Yeah. And I'm like, look at it. I'm looking at Tristan right now. Hello, Super 73. Hello. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to hire a CMO who's never 
had right. anything to do with influencer marketing and who's not even be, on who's not even on instagram not even on social media exactly <laughs> so you go okay yeah. uh the, you know you can't run the same plays no. and expect so there there is that mix of really fresh new thinking and energy which is what keeps driving the change mm -hmm. forward mixed with some good values and and some amount of sense and pragmatism yeah. is often yeah. where I feel like you have a, a better cocktail of, of success. So can you, you know, depending on the business, can you get the meetings? Does that reputation and credibility help? Absolutely. It can help yeah. in certain, but you know, do my kids care about the, the person that did something 20 years ago? No, they don't. And yeah. if they are having a significant amount of influence over purchase decision or what's cool in a particular market, then you better figure out how to get to them. And right. that may be best served by somebody who's their age. Yeah. 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 It's a uh, business is just fascinating. You know, it's, I mean, you look at, uh, what are they? It says 30 million, 30 million, 100,000 businesses in the U S and if memory serves 96% of them do less than a million dollars a year in revenue. Right. Like think that's like that in and of itself is, and then you say of that 4%, you know, what's it sort of, you know, mid, mid cap company, $10 million to 10 million to 1 billion who made up that list? like zero to 9 million, You're small, 10 million to 1 billion. You're a mid cap company. And then, you know, a billion and above, you know, you're large. Right. Um, and there's so many flavors and there's so many ways to do it. And yet we both know the failure rate is astronomical, right? You know, it's, it's bananas. And yet we all keep trying. You know what I mean? Like the, it's just that, that spirit, right? I love the spirit. Um, I don't know. Yeah. But Talk yet, I mean, I was, I was talking yeah. earlier to you, I think about like we, if you look at the last 10 years, so since the financial crisis, yeah, we are about a million companies short. Yeah. Not having got started. It's like a hundred thousand per year yeah. that have yeah. not gotten started versus the prior 10 years. So it used to be about a half million a year. It's now about 400,000 a year. And yeah. it's going down right. in a world where, to your point, it's easier than ever. It's easier than ever to start a business. I can, I can get a couple freelancers. I can do it on a phone. Exactly. And yet it's not happening. Yeah. And so, you know, there's, there's some really interesting activity. There's, there's, for the first time ever in Congress, we have two caucuses now on entrepreneurship, which I was shocked to learn I know never it. previously yeah. existed. You'd think that would be a longstanding one. Yeah. We haven't had yeah. apparently enough entrepreneurs, maybe too many lawyers in Congress. Right. And there now are active caucuses. There's now active policy discussion about how do we spur more of this? And partly because most innovation happens in young companies. Yeah. That's the reality, right? You get to a certain size, particularly in the public markets we have today. Yeah. Yeah. Wall Street doesn't really love R&D because those don't pay off in the short term. So they start squeezing it by pressuring. You start outsourcing, yeah, you offshoring. Look to, you look to acquire and you right. know, find, right. buy new talent, acquihires, all that That's stuff. Right. Yeah. And so the jobs aren't produced. Yeah. Innovations don't come from. And so when you don't have those companies getting started, a lot less innovation actually happens. A lot less net new job growth happens. If you look at right now what's happening in COVID, this is an epidemic situation where we have to figure out how to produce more companies yeah. with more future jobs that, and so we have, in some cases we're gonna have skill issues matching up with opportunities, but we, we've got to, but those are new company opportunities yeah. doing training businesses yeah. and skill building. And so I see a Renaissance on the horizon. I'm telling you, know, as, as crazy as it seems, no, I'm with I you. think we will figure this out because it's now sort of recognition is the first step. Yeah. And it, I think, I think it's now, you know, it, it is becoming more and more of a discussion where, hey, we've got to get behind this. I mean, it's a, it's a challenge here in our own backyard that we're not creating enough new companies to produce the right kinds of jobs. So my kids yeah. have something exciting to do when they, they're ready to, to build their professional life. And so yeah. we're, we're just trying to be the seedling to start more of that activity. And it's a, confident, it's a confidence and a support issue, I think, is where it starts. 
I got to say, it's interesting. Like I just, you know, maybe just because of my mentors and sort of, you know, like some people, you know, some people have hobbies. My hobbies are like people and business and you know, like, it's just, I'm fascinated by like by every possible business, every, I would drive my kids around carrying, you know, all the streets and parts of town that we know. And I would say somebody owns that. Somebody manufactured that. Somebody built that cup. See these pens? Somebody made these pens. Like, like it took it took an entrepreneur, a crazy gal who said, I can do it better. What if we had four colors in it, right? Versus only one. Like just that spark, right? Getting them to always think like that. But then I think also to your point about Renaissance, think about it, man. Like you go back to the the study of business and some of the most memorable, extraordinary brands were started in crisis, right? I mean, from early stuff, face, Facebook, right? Like, through, but throughout history, right? In recessions, in depressions, because that's when finally people say enough is enough. I'm going to step up and do something. So I love it, man. I think, I think the next 10 years are going to be extraordinary. You got AI on steroids, automation of everything, the entire on-demand economy. How can I get on the front screen of somebody's phone to, to guess what? the person that makes this desk. Because 10 years ago, if you wanted a desk that was high enough, what did you have to do? You put bricks, right? You put blocks below it. And somebody was like, hey, we could put a motor on that thing and make it go up, right? I mean, think about that, right? Well, so the next thing, I mean, we're, we're getting yeah. involved in a company where your phone will be sitting on that desk and it'll be charging wirelessly 100%. while it's sitting on there, right? I mean, yeah. we're- Of course, or, why, why yeah. don't we already have that? That's right. So I'm those, you know, those are- it. That's right. Those are the things that yeah. I, I think, you know, I, having been in software as long as I have, I, I look back at all these, what I call missed opportunities yeah. where it was not particularly smart. It was yeah. doing workflow automation. It was removing the rote routine tasks, but it wasn't yeah. actually supplementing our human intelligence or getting smarter because of the collective. And I think, you know, the next phase of a lot of this is just about, Hey, you've got a million people using this thing. Well, let's use the collective intelligence of all those people who are using this thing and make everybody smarter together. And yeah. I think like that is the next big wave that will frankly unlock human creativity and, and our humanness, I think more than we can even imagine, which that's what's super exciting too. All right. So I gotta, I'm going to ask, ask you, Tristan and Brenda, the same question. Will you put a Neuralink in your brain to know that you can tap into the collective power, accelerate your cognition, and, and literally have a memory on steroids? Carrie, are you going to do it? So I would say I will consider it, but won't be the first. Okay. Kind of like I'm probably not going to be the first to get the COVID vaccine either. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tristan, are you going to do it? I'd have to ask my wife. That's a really good, that's a good newlywed right there. That was a good move. Okay, I would totally go first. I would absolutely go first. I mean, why, like, why not? Like, I mean, I'm a brain cognition. Like, I'll do whatever it takes to, to just get a little edge. You with me? Like, just a little edge. I don't care what it is. Uh, Elon Musk is Leonardo da Vinci meets Walt Disney with some Jack Welch in him. Like, I mean, he is just, he's insane. And I love it. How do we find more people like that? I think people have to, somehow they have to be freed of this system that, yeah. you know, is telling, I mean, the matrix. You look at, yeah, I mean, our, our, you look at our education system, like the yeah. education system yeah. of today is built on a manufacturing yeah. economy. That, more worker bees. I mean, we've been, we've been pushing manufacturing out of this country for yeah. decades, yet we're yeah. still pretending like we manufacture people like this doesn't make any sense. So we yeah. got, we have to free people of the, the types of systems that yeah. they're stuck in so that they can but have the know, freedom and confidence to go, yeah. to go for it and, and feel like, Hey, a lot of this isn't going to work, yeah. but if I can even contribute a small piece to that, that in the failure, in the learning, that's, that's where, and we need to celebrate that, yeah. that, that is yeah. what, you know, a grading system in a manufactured education doesn't do that. How would you, hey, how would you change? You, you're, the, you're the president of the world tomorrow. How would you change the K through 12? And then how would you change college? Any three things, any three things you want. 
I've never asked anybody this question, but but I've read Peter Diamandis' thesis on this and I was fascinated by it. Sure. I, 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 I am still trying to figure out, I mean, I have three kids, they're all very different. Mm-hmm. And I am constantly trying to think about, like, was I significant, was it nature versus nurture, how much of that? Yeah. Yeah. And because yeah. I think it starts there. I mean, you know, yeah. you look at, at other countries that are pushing people into the early on, they're identifying, this is your strength, we're going to try to amplify yeah. it and really push you into that area of specialization. I'm the opposite. I could not be more broad. I said, as yeah. I said earlier, yeah, 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 I'm yeah. not actually good at anything. I don't You're like, really, I have I, no skills. I have no <laughs> skills, right? So, I mean, I guess the fact is that, you know, maybe that's my skills. I have no skills. Uh, and so I, I think it's, it's like giving people the freedom and permission yeah. to go explore, to go learn. And that whatever combination of those things is what makes them unique. And then getting uh, really, I think, more open to the idea of they're going to probably grow by teaching each other by, you know, you almost need more guides. You know, I, I think the idea of almost completely flipping, we need to be as humans, we need to be together. So the only value I see in school is the socialization is the togetherness, but it may need to be completely flipped where I'm getting lectured by on zoom by the smartest person in the world in that topic Yep. Not by somebody who's several degrees removed from that. And then my homework is the school where we wrestle with it. And we almost, the teacher almost becomes the guide. And they're the, they're, they're the teaching assistant to just help with some of the socialization and the experimentation. Like that, that's how I, at least at this stage, feel like if you completely flip it, maybe that's uh, where you start. But, but that's where I tend to go, Tom, is I'll look at something and I'll go, okay, how, how might we imagine the complete opposite? And the complete opposite may not be the answer, but I'm, I, in many cases, I feel like that's a good place to start. And then you work back toward what might be the right experiment. Yeah, yeah. I think of, I think of just the word exposure, right? And you were kind of like, I think that young minds, the more they get exposed, the more they say, and especially like, you know, different differences of race, religion, style, color, shape, size, like show me, show me everything. A, so I have no fear of it, right? B, some more understanding of it, but then C, to be able to see, you know, some, you know, some Asian woman from Japan come in Zoom or whatever and talk about, you know, Asian culture as it relates to perfection, Right. And then give us an example of, you know, the car, a car industry or a hotel industry. And I might fall in love with, Hey, I want to be in the hotel business. You know what I mean? Whether I want to work at the front desk or I want to manage one one day. Right. And then the next day bring in, you know, someone from sports and entertainment. And then the next day bring in someone who's a plumber who freaking loves solving the problem of pl- and just expose me to everything. So I can say that looks interesting. Right. Versus like, okay, memorize the 54 presidents or whatever the number of the, I don't even know the number of presidents in the U S how great is that? You know what I mean? Why? Cause Siri does it for me. Like the well, memorization the stuff. We don't, yeah, there's yeah. so much of that we don't need. It's, it's yeah. noise. Yeah. And I want to be clear, like for my friends that are watching, if you want to be a doctor, you want to be a lawyer, you, you want to do like, you want to be a scientist. Like I get it. Right. But it's probably more trade school. The other thing that I would love to see, and this is not my idea. I think this is actually Peter Diamandis or somebody else. I read this and I was like, yes, I think every kid going into college should sign an agreement with the college that says, if I get this degree, I am very clear on a, how much debt I'm going to have and B what my financial life will look like in four years based upon today's reality. So if you go on this path, you have no job prospects, no opportunities, and you're going to end up in sales, right? I just think that would be just a, such a beautiful thing to create a little more awareness around it. Cause otherwise I think college for a lot of people is adult daycare, right? Accountability, right? right. accountability on the, on the university's part and, and on the kid's part, like I'll take on that debt Cause I can do a comparison and maybe, maybe they can't. So maybe we need to show them. And Oh, by the way, you take on, you know, a hundred thousand dollars in debt. This is how long it's going to take you to pay it off. Right. Especially if you take this career path or this education path and look, I got friends that are, you know, in the police force, you know, mil, you know, military, I got friends that are teachers, right? Like the whole spectrum of life's experience. 
I just think having some consciousness around my choices early on is super important. So we know the, the male brain doesn't even mature until you're 25, right? So what in the world are they thinking putting themselves in debt with no plan? Stupid. I, I, I mean, I've got three boys and I had an amazing college experience. I mean, yeah. I, uh, amazing. And I grew so much as a, a person. Yes. And so as my dad said, when I left, he said, son, don't let your classes get in the way of your education. And I took it to heart <laughs> uh, and had a great time. And, yeah. But the reality is, is I, I look at my, my kids and I say, like, I want them to have this amazing growth experience. Yeah. But the economics of that, to your point, yeah. are increasingly questionable. Yeah. And, and you have to figure out at some level how to resolve that. And so on one hand to me, I'm going, okay, what would it look like if, if instead of paying 250 grand or whatever it could cost to go to a you know, school like that. And I'm still a few years away. What if I just seeded my kid with that as a start to right. a company? And, yeah. and, you know, is that going to give them an equivalent experience? Well, this day and age, it might give them a huge head start over a lot of people. It may not be the same socialization and, sure. and other growth, but, sure. but I think we have to start really questioning um, that the, the, inertia. I mean, I went to the same university that my great grandfather went to. Yeah. And so there were a lot of things the same through multiple yeah. generations. And I think like most things in the world, there aren't that many things that stand that many generations. Yeah. 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 And by the way, for the record, both my kids are in college for my friends that are listening, thinking that I'm anti-college. No, I'm not anti-college, but I did tell my boys, uh, be really clear. You need to graduate in this time period. And, and I will be reviewing, if I'm paying for it, I'm going to be reviewing what it is you're going to be passionate about and like what you're going to go for. And I'm like, Hey, what is great now about college too, by the way, is even though it's not huge, forget, forget schools like Babson, right? The sister school of MIT that is only about the entrepreneurial experience. Like that's such a one-off, but now seeing entrepreneurial courses and, and lower level MBA opportunities for kids that want to go in and maybe explore that maybe have an artistic side, but understand like I need to probably figure out this side. If I, if I truly want to be an artist, it probably helps to understand a little business. I'm, I'm moved by that. I just think they need more. What do you think about, okay, back on startups. What do you think about, um, uh, this week in startups? Right. You know, he has the, is he, isn't he on Twitter? He's the original at Jason, right. Versus uh, Jason Calcanis, right. Versus Jason Saster, Jason, right. Yeah. So, so I, I think he's great. I, I love, he, he's a, I mean, he talks about it a lot on there, how he, he is a bit of an outsider that has yep. come in and, and he's been disruptive and he, and he tries things and he puts his money where his mouth is. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so many of things he's doing, I think he, he sees an opportunity. He talks about, he's yeah. trying to create, uh, he loves crowdfunding in a way that it's not, I mean, the problem right now, and this is the way a lot of early initiatives are, is that they, they tend to be a little bit adverse selection or yeah. they tend to be a little bit rough. And, and, but those early, you know, as we know, that often pioneers get shot and that's, that's part of it, but they should be celebrated for sort of pushing and trying to, to change things. Right. And yeah. so I think this idea that, you, you could provide access to a portfolio to a bunch of people, you know, my parents, people that haven't invested yeah. in this innovation world. I mean, look at, look at what's happened in the public markets just recently with the most valuable companies right. in the world, all, you know, venture back companies that, yeah. you know, the amount of wealth that that has created for those people and then all these fall on investors, but to give other people access earlier to that yes. and to, to be part of that as part of a uh, allocation, I think is, is critically important. And, and that's part of also changing culture where we're, we're invested not in, uh, you know, assets that we have no real emotional attachment to, but we mm -hmm. should be investing in things that have impact in the worlds that we live in. And, and I think that that movement also gives me a lot of encouragement with whether it's I impact agree. investing or, yep you know, ESG where they're saying, we, we need to hold people better accountable. And yep. if I invest in the restaurant down the street, I'm pretty certain that they're going to be accountable because it's their neighbors and friends that are a part of it. Right. Yep. And, and I think that's the same thing as I think about, you know, micro economies and, and how we, how we sort of support each other in a, in an industry or in an environment. Yeah. 
Interesting, the 100,000 businesses shy the last like 10 years. I, that's a good stat, I did not know that. Yeah. And, and they're working on it. I mean, there's a guy yeah. uh, in, in DC who runs the, the center, John Deary, who's become mm -hmm. uh, friendly. And, and I think there's huge initiatives. I was, I was on the phone this morning with this group in Atlanta that next week is launching Started Up Georgia. They've got 700 entrepreneurs awesome. signed up for a 12 week course yeah. on how to get their business off the ground. They're doing it totally virtually. Yeah. The uh, Atlanta Tech Village is the supporter of it. And they've got people from all over the world. They've, about 95% of them are in Georgia, but it's all volunteers. And they're saying, we've got to do something about this unemployment issue that has yeah. obviously greatly spiked given COVID and, and everything going on. And a big part of that is about the next generation of entrepreneurs starting these businesses that ultimately when they're successful will create the jobs. Yeah. What do you think of the top three or four resources? Like if somebody wants to start a business, what book should they read? What should they listen to? Where do they, where do they go? Right. To, to just, you know, to, I always say like, I like, I'm a big fan of guardrails. You know, like, you know, your friend who becomes a professional athlete and all of a sudden has way more money than a 24-year-old or 23-year-old should have. Like, it's good that he has guardrails. You know what I mean? Or like taking your kids bowling, right? And they put the little guardrails up and the ball goes down and bounces off the side and eventually hits something. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, like, they don't know that those guardrails are out there. And that, that could just be exposure and education and better principles and practices. Like, kind of as we, as we wrap this up, like, what are some of those for you or what do you recommend for people? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I don't know if I have a, a primer. I mean, one of the things I, I've told a lot of uh, what I'd call um, prospective entrepreneurs yeah. is I've said, if I were starting from scratch, I mean, if you think about me, like I love working with founders that, that are these big ambitious dreamers. And so I, I decided to start this because this allows me to spend my time working with a customer group that I really want to yeah. work with and grow. And so I tell a lot of founders or prospective ones who are, if you could wake up in the morning and there was a group of people that you get to spend your day serving and helping, and you feel great about that, start there yeah. because then, you know, and go spend some time with them and try to understand the problems they have, because I guarantee you they do. Yep. They, everybody, I mean, there, there are every solution that comes up is creating new problems. Every innovation is causing other challenges. And so there always are new opportunities to make things better or create new. And so if you really start with the people, and I've been in businesses where I didn't particularly love the customer group that I had, and I wanted to get out of that business because that was what I had to spend most of my day thinking about in some way, because I'm either building a better product for them, I'm dealing with sales to them, I'm supporting them in some way. And so I, I say start there. Yeah. And then I would say the other is find other people who have actually built companies Bingo. and seek them out as mentors, advisors as well. You can go read all you want, but you know, this is also a very much an experiential activity. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you know, if you have the affliction, you're going to find some stumbles along the way. I, I draw more of my, wisdom from my experience in failures through the learnings of, of that than through yeah. the successes. Usually with my successes, it was like, well, that was lucky. How did I, you know, <laughs> how did I step in the right opportunity yeah. that time? Right. And, yeah. and so I, I think it, it really is, it's like figure out who, who do you want to be in business with? And then who are the people that, that maybe not even have been in that industry, but, but at least have experienced some success that are self-aware enough to be able to share with you and, and maybe coach and mentor you through it. And so, I mean, I, I look at what you do as, as your primary business and it's just amazing because you, yep. you are a gift to so many people out there um, to help them you know, be better. And I think yeah. that that's, that's a big part of this is, you know, none of us has it all figured out, but I think through each other, we, we have the opportunity to get better. I agree. I, uh, it's interesting. So I would say the same thing. It would be, first of all, like you should read, right? Everything. Uh, but you know, I was listening to my, my uh, one of my mentors who passed away a couple of years ago, a guy named Mike Vance, who, you know, invented the salad bar. He was Walt Disney's right hand guy. He helped, you know, the very early stage with Steve jobs. Like, like he's a, he's a legend, right? Legend, but also knew where, you know, knew where he stood, right? He wasn't going to go start the business. He was going to help everybody else do it better. Um, 
he would always say to me, like, it's just really hard to really get the lesson from an experience you're not having. You know what I mean? So like I tell people like first start just start something, right? Like, you know, Gary Vee gets a lot of credit in my mind because he says, man, just like go into your house and just sell all the stuff that you don't actually use. You know what I mean? Put it on eBay. Like you're instantly, you're freelancing, you're instantly in the game. Um, but I also look at the same thing. Like LinkedIn is an extraordinary tool that most people are now just trying to spam on. They're just trying to put their content out to be recognized, except instead of using it for what it really is, right? Like I'm always looking at, okay, hey, I'm going to be in Atlanta. Who's in Atlanta? What companies are in Atlanta? What's my, do I have any connection, right? Like I, I have spent, I'm going to tell you guys right now, total nerd bucket. I have spent during COVID several Friday nights with maybe a glass of wine, right? And just going on LinkedIn and going, who owns this company? Who works inside this company? Who do I know at that company? And just, and, and to the point of maybe like yourself, like I just growing up, not going to college, my education was mentors. And, and these, these men and women in my life that have given me so much, and it's part of the reason why Carrie, I just want to give back, you know, it's, it's, you know, paying it forward. Right. But I look at all these people that, that would spend time with me. And the only reason they spent time with me is because I showed up and said, Hey Gary, like, I know you're really successful. I really, I'm trying to figure it out. Like, would you give me like five minutes, two minutes? I'll bring you coffee, like whatever. If I told you that the Joe Hanauer, do you know that name in Orange County? chairman of a little company called move.com for a while, sold it to the Murdoch family. The guy's retired like 50 times over, right? He's so done. And yet I start up, I said, Joe, I just want to pick your brain sometime. Like, you know, you're just a legend in the industry. It would just mean the world to me if I can get five minutes. Now we see each other every 45 minutes and we're in deals together. You know, that's because I was humble enough and hungry enough to reach out and say, you're someone who's done something extraordinary. Could I pick your brain for five minutes? And guess what? They don't always say yes, but the vast majority do. And when they do and you show up and you're prepared and you have questions and it's not about you trying to look good. It's you trying to say, Hey, you're light years ahead of I am where I'm at. Hey, can I get some insight here? What do you think about this? What do you think about that? What do you think about this? It's I have, I have so many women and men in my life like that now that I feel like it's, it's the great, I don't know who wrote the book, but like, it's not how it's who. Like, I think that's the big game in successful founders, entrepreneurs. It's who, who do I know it's already done it? Who do I know that can help me get there faster? Who, who knows someone that I can then go find and get that person, have them join my company. They can align with me. Like that's the whole game. Start and exposure people. That's right. I totally agree. And I mean, for me, that like, that's how I actually measure my life. Honestly, is yeah. like how many people can I positively Sure. Like that, I mean, that is uh, my mom was a, my wife's a teacher my mom's a teacher I mean I feel yeah. so I, I sort of feel so good for them and the psychographic rewards that they get yeah. so that, yeah. that I, I, I kind of want to do that I just I can't live in Orange County and support a family yeah. uh, doing that in, in yeah. the way and so I feel like I have to be that in in the commercial world to the best right. of my ability yeah. and it, it's on both sides I, I feel like so fortunate so many people that have invested into me uh, and yeah, I mean, the, we always say like the, what's the number one topic people want to talk about? Well, it's themselves, of course. Right. And yeah. so How'd you do it? You give you them, do it? that's Tell right. You give them an opportunity to do that. And yep. yeah, I could not be, I mean, you talk about LinkedIn, I couldn't be a bigger supporter. I was in grad school when it came out. I, I thought this is literally going to replace that Rolodex on my desk. For sure. I'm in and yeah. I signed up and invited everybody at the school and said, okay, let's go. And I mean, that was 17 years ago or so. I mean, yeah. crazy yeah, how yeah. long it's been going. And I, I was like, I, it has produced so many great relationships and yep. amazing adventures that I, I owe it a huge debt of gratitude. And I pay them a premium subscription without even thinking about what the, what I get for it. I don't care. Exactly. It's, exactly. it's just, and, and like from them business model standpoint, that's amazing that your customer doesn't even bat an eye to pay you every year for years and years right. and years. Right. So right. yeah, just go give a huge amount of value to the world and you know, you'll live a great life. Bingo, man. We covered a lot of ground. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was fun. Just, you know, just it's, it's about so for the people that are watching, like he and I have been talking about like, you know, we should get together and do a podcast sometime. Like, you know, I'll, do, I'll be on yours. You'll be on mine today. We just kind of did both. Um, 
So Carrie, super proud of you, man. Uh, you know, for all my listeners, you guys should check it out. If you're in the OC, uh, Southern California area, or, you know, Carrie, if they, if they want to start a company or they just want some advice, like what's the best way for them to reach you? Yeah. So you can find me easy to find me on LinkedIn for sure. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, we're at OC4V.com and you can find me there. It's, you know, Carrie at OC4V.com. Uh, you know, I, I publish my cell phone. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, trying yeah. to make myself, you know, my dad always said, you know, make yourself really easy to do business with. And, uh, Bingo. we, we really try. And so I will do my best to get back to you as, as fast as I can. Um, a lot of email these days, but I wouldn't advise that over others, but, uh, we, you know, we're here to help whatever we can yeah. do. Love it. And, Love and it. likewise for you, I mean, Tom, thank you for all you do, uh, as I mean, all those companies you support and all the people across the world that you support. And, you know, I always say we're looking for people that are accelerating things around the world and, and you are, and I feel fortunate that you're right here in, uh, in the backyard as well. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. So, all right, guys, well, we're going to wrap it up. So thank you for, uh, on both, on, on both of our squads that are listening and, uh, Hey, for everybody in Carrie's world, if I can ever be of assistance, you can text me nine, four, nine, 216-5466-949-216-5466 and yes i am the one that responds which is hysterical because man i get carrie people like text me like is this really tom and i'll be like what's up carrie this is me and they're like oh my god okay uh, i'm about to get a divorce and i'm thinking about this i'm like whoa <laughs> how about like hi my name's fred like you know like what's going on but you know what but people know like my brand is hey i'm, I'm here like i, I will do everything in my power right to help people move forward powerfully so thank you brother i'll look forward to seeing you around town and uh maybe at pete's sometime in the near future or something better and uh all right we're out if you want more information about this episode including my show notes mentions links and everything else make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast that's tomferry.com slash podcast thanks again and talk to you soon